Good morning. Welcome to uh, our weekend's online and on-site worship service from the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, uh, for this Sunday, October 4th. Today is World Communion Sunday, and that's the Sunday that Christian churches throughout the world have a tradition of observing communion so that all day, globally, the sacrament is celebrated, underscoring the, the family of faith nature of our global Christian movement. And so I would uh, pray this morning as we begin our worship that we might find ways to live into that sense of global family, uh, live into that sense beyond just our participation in the sacrament so that Jesus' call to, to love, uh, to be people of grace, people that seek justice would resonate uh, not only just in our community but around the world. There ought to be some consequence, don't you think, of a bunch of people saying they're Christian, whether we're in Nigeria, the Soviet Union, America, or Peru. I look for that consequence being made manifest, not just in how you live your life, but in how everyone regards one another because we live with the Christ in our hearts. Well, we are continuing with our live stream worship service as the standard method of our Sunday morning worshiping experience. And again, I thank all the people behind the scenes that are helping to make that happen. It looks like uh, the Westlake Village uh, Methodist Church is uh, a hearty bunch and a cautious bunch. We've got about 10 or 15 of us uh, here this morning. We've got three good friends from Ventura joining us uh, in person and we are glad that they are with us. Uh, we're scattered and pushed into the corners of where there is shade this morning, anticipating uh, that we're gonna be up in the mid to high 80s before we're done worshiping. Uh, a good day for staying at home for many of you, and for those of you who are present with us, we're so glad that you are here, and we pray that you uh, keep the protocols in mind and keep your mask on and keep your distance so that there's no uh, worries about one another's health. We're thankful that the online uh, offering of worship has become the standard for so many and is seen as effective for so many. And we're glad that those of you who are present with us that feel comfortable coming out and being uh, safely distanced and masked in each other's presence are here uh, with us on campus. Now those who are present have gotten little packets uh, like this that, that I'm holding up. This little packet is, is our uh, healthy way of doing communion uh, hereafter now. You can, uh, you can see that there's a, there's a little uh, cellophane topping to this packet, which when you pull off, uh, you get, well, what the good Roman Catholics call the host. You, you get the little wafer that's there at the top of this. And then when you pull the next level over, you're exposed to the juice. And so this is, 
This is our way of celebrating communion uh, in presence with one another. You should have gotten it from over on the table as you uh, entered. If you're at home, I want to just alert you that today is Communion Sunday, so if you want to participate with us, uh, please uh, find some bread, find some juice, uh, get it together uh, on a table close to you at the ready so that when we come around to the part of the service that's communion, uh, you'll be ready to go as we get into the liturgy. Uh, some quick reminders, uh, the White Fragility book class, the Kendi's Anti-Racism book class, and the Pauline Epistles Bible study, all three of those are starting this week. If you want to be involved in it, it's not too late, but make sure that today you get, uh, you get the word into Joanna so that she can get you on the list and get it to me that you want to participate, and we'll send you the link for participating. Also, this afternoon, a very special opportunity uh, presented by the Social Concerns Committee, um, a forum with the League of Women Voters, uh, a presentation on the propositions will be available at four o'clock. Um, you saw your access to that on a, um, the e-blast that came out on Friday. You should see it there. I believe it was in the journal that came out and it's also on our Facebook page. So if that's something that interests you, uh, uh, please uh, link up with the rest of us at four o'clock today. So let us uh, take a breath, relax, and center ourselves upon the Spirit of God that is within us, each one of us, and is among us. and prepare ourselves for worship. Let us worship, celebrating the love of God in our lives, afoot in our community, and moving widely in the world. Our Psalter reading this morning comes from Psalm 19, verses 1 through 4 and, four, and 7 through 14. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Yet their voice goes out through all of the earth. Their words to the end of the world in the heavens, he has set a tent for the sun. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. 
More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, and dripping of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. But who can defeat their errors? Clear me from hidden faults. Keep back your servants also from the insolent. Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Now is the time in our worship service where we talk directly to the children of the church. For those of you children at home, I want to invite you to come close to your TV or computer screens or phone screens so that we can chat with each other. Over the last week, we have been talking about God creating people in our Sunday school curriculum. And it is a great reminder that when God created people, God created many different people, some of us tall, some of us short, some of us wider than others, and that's okay. Because God loves each and every one of us and said when each of us was born, wow, that child is good. Remember that God says that you are good and you are loved and that you are precious to God. I asked the children of the church to send some images of what they thought of when they thought of God. And on your screen, you should be seeing three of those images right now. One of them can look like a shepherd with a crook and maybe a sheep. I've been told by a reliable source that that swirly thing that looks like a sheep is actually God's beard. I'll go with it. Um, We have one that is a lovely image of of a person. And then we've got one that is just stripes. And I actually love that because there is a multiplicity of colors and wide variety in it. And it reminds us that God cannot be pinpoint to one image, one perception. But God is so big that God is indefinable. For that I give thanks. As we were talking in our Sunday school class about God creating us, we were given a prayer to remind us that God is with us. So if you are children or anyone, if you want to look at your hands, I invite you to receive this prayer. We're not going to do the repeat after me prayer today. We're going to do this prayer instead. As I look at my hands, I remember, God created me just as I am. God made me from the palm of God's hand. And if there are days where I am feeling afraid, upset, or down, I can touch my hand and know that God is always around. Amen.
Please join me in prayer. Awesome and almighty God, we greet you this day with the sun shining on us, the birds chirping, and the sound of traffic around us, reminding us that we are people that are on the move, seeking to do your work, but also seeking to sit in your presence, to hear your voice, and to discern your wisdom for us this day. Lord, in a world where there's so much that we could want, so much that we could desire that others have, help us to let go of our envy and help us to embrace a mindset of gratitude and appreciation. Even more than that, Lord, let us respond with kindness and joy in our hearts for the blessings that we have been giving, given and the ways in which you are active in our lives this day and always. Help us to remember that you made us good. You saw us created in your image and rejoiced at our being. Help us to remember that as you rejoiced in our creation, you rejoiced in everyone else's creation as well. And let us respond in such a way that shines your light, shines our gratitude, and exemplifies the kindness in which you desire for the world. Allow us to live in such a way that when we make our choices, we choose to be people that represent you to others. As a people of faith, we lift up the following prayers for our community. We pray for the family and friends of Jacob and Mark Icekander, who were killed in a car accident this week. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We join with Carol Freeman lifting up prayers for a very good friend, Art Bjornstad, Stad, um, who lives here in Westlake and was admitted into Los Robles with COVID this week. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We also join with Carol in lifting up prayers for her brother-in-law, Mark, who is battling cancer in Ohio. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We ask you to be with Roz Tabo, who has been having some health issues and may need colon surgery. Be with her as she waits for the news about that surgery and as she, she and her doctors discern the best course of treatment. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Zara Dick, who was admitted into Los Robles early, earlier this week, um, not with COVID, but with blood counts um, in her blood counts that were concerning. Be with her. Let her know that her family of faith and her family support her and love her. Watch over her and offer her healing. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for our president our First Lady, and all other government officials, and all people everywhere who have symptoms and have tested positive for COVID-19. May they all receive appropriate care for their symptoms and situations and recover fully from this virus. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We also pray for our nation that you might offer the healing and the wholeness that we need to be the people that you desire us to be. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And our Lord's Prayer this day will be sung to you, Lord, as part of our special music. Receive that now.
scripture reading today is from James chapter 3 verses 13 to 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For there, for where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceful, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. The word of God for the people of God Thanks be to God.
during our fall sermon series, we're looking at um, a list of classical vices and virtues, qualities that uh, shape our character, shape our lives, the aggregate of features and traits that form a person's nature. That's what our character is. These vices and virtues affect them to the good or, or to the bad. We want to consider how we might be able to strengthen our character, uh, enrich our soul for the good of our lives, for the good of our family, for the good of our community, and for the joy of God, God's Spirit in our lives. If there's one thing that we've noticed during this time of pandemic is that perhaps those external material successes that were just so important to so many people's lives are really not quite as important uh, as we thought. And that the, the inward qualities, the inward achievements are the things that are more important that make life robust for ourselves, that help us to thrive as a, uh, as a creature of God. We want this better place of enriching our spiritual well-being to be our new normal with how we conduct ourselves, how we relate to one another, how we build our society. And so we are asserting the lasting value of, of practicing a virtue <clears throat> to protect ourselves from a vice as a way to intentionally get about the business of building a good character and setting a course for a better life. So we've talked about sexuality by examining lust and chastity and consumption through the lenses of gluttony and temperance, how we regard our possessions, focusing on greed and, and charity. We've talked about the labors of our lives, considering the vice of sloth and the virtue of diligence. And today we focus on the vice of envy and the virtue of kindness. Envy is, is understood to, me, to mean a, uh, a discontented longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or someone else's luck. Or said differently, an inordinate desire for another's traits or status ability or their situation to be ours. We can understand envy by thinking about what envy is not. Envy is not the desire of poor people to survive. This is not envy. This is just, I'm hungry and I want to eat hoping to have basic ends met as the fruit of their labors is not envy. It's people's fundamental desire to survive. And the hope to have a better life in general, well, that's not envy either. Seeking The seeking of a socioeconomic justice, a fair play, of opportunity, uh, equal for all, that's not envy either. Uh, to hope that your two incomes 
provide a lifestyle that just a generation ago was provided by one income is a justice issue. It's not an issue of envy on the person who has that hope. Aspiring to a, a better life or, or level of accomplishment, well, that's not envy either. We all have heroes and we all have goals in life that we hope we will attain uh, goals that help us to grow towards the kind of person we want to be. Emulation is good-humored. Emulation produces a feeling of admiration and motivation to imitate, to be better, to become what you can be with the gifts and graces that God has given you. And technically, even the desire of Nemesis or the desire for another person's failure in itself is not envy if a person's failure is deserved or if it is for the greater good. Such as Osama bin Laden's death or George Wallace's failed presidential run. Both of these were not considered to be indicative of envy on anyone's part. If we dig in deeper to the vice of envy, we realize that envy really is a jealousy of the heart and of the soul. It is a sin sickness about yourself, your inadequacy or your lack of accomplishments. It comes from a feeling of failure, of defeat, of, of not amounting to enough. It's wanting something that we're not willing to work for or becoming something that is at odds with who we really are. It's rooted in our selfishness, our temptation to build ourselves up by putting someone else down. And that's because envy is usually manifest. It usually manifests itself in the cloaked criticism of gossip. The other person is torn at as a way of bolstering yourself. The I want that of envy is usually accompanied by the he doesn't deserve that of gossip. Good mental health and good spiritual health doesn't work this way. Tearing someone down does not lift you up. In God's ways, self-esteem and good relationships happen through other types of words and behaviors. Some of the worst crimes that we know about come from envy. Think of Cain slaying Abel, envious that his brother would be considered more favorable by God than himself. 
the paradigm of fratricide that has haunted humankind all of our existence. Or think about those who kidnap children of wealthy people for ransom money. There are even managers, you may know of some in the workplace who attempt to belittle others, their co-workers or their colleagues in, in an envious attempt to gather for themselves accolades and status. Doing that at the expense of their workplace partners. We see this behavior and its destructive consequences too often in our society, too often in our politics. Stalker writes of envy, there is something extraordinarily mean in the spirit which is unhappy and disappointed because of another's success. While it glories in another's misfortune. Such sentiments betray a selfish isolation and an utter absence of love, which cannot but be both demoralizing of one's character and in the highest degree displeasing to the God of love. The virtue of kindness, kindness doesn't seem to be as powerful enough of a word, yet it's the virtue of kindness that is thought to be the antidote of envy, of this mess that comes out of our jealousy. And it's defined as the quality of being caring and friendly and generous to another. And that would seem to make sense since the kindness in your heart is that which seems to open yourself up to welcome other people's successes and to be joyful about that just in and of themselves for that person's benefit and that person's achievement. Along with the virtue of, of kindness would go an appropriate level of, of self-esteem then for yourself, of, of self-acceptance about yourself. If we feel good about who we are, we are usually better able to feel good about others and behave better towards them. Learning to love excellence for its own sake is a, a big help against envy. Looking at beauty or looking at talent for just what it is, beautifulness and, and talentness. Well, regardless of who possesses it, we should be able to celebrate that looking at a Monet and appreciating it for its genius and its beauty rather than looking at it and thinking, oh, woe is me that I can't do that. Esteeming the, the special qualities that, that you yourself have then that others would notice and uh, admire in you. Counting our mercies, counting our blessings, our... Is a, is a help against envy.
there are many who are much less fortunate than you and putting yourself in the right context and right perspective helps to have you understand that and the value of what it is that you do have being appreciative of what you have and how you are with a strong sense of, of religious sensibility, Stalker writes, if we only realize how much we possess when we just possess Christ, that might be enough and, and all the rest would be gravy and frosting. Our mouths would be, would be filled with laughter and our tongues with praise all the day long. And catching the spirit of the Savior, we should be able to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And this, dear friends, is the ultimate victory over envy. Our soul can be blemished in, in so many ways. We're having this series to talk about the well-being of our soul and how it's affected by our character and how our character is affected by how much we live into virtues and turn from vices. Building a character that is centered on kindness rather than consumed by envy will do so much for ensuring a life of blessing and joy for ourselves. You know, it comes from accepting ourselves, who God has made us to be, and finding the ways through that acceptance to love one another for who God has made them to be, the best that they can be. It's wanting what you have rather than yearning over what it is you think you need. Now as a side note, I want to get kind of personal here and say if you find yourself unacceptable if at two or four in the morning you wake up and you just have this sharp ache in your soul that you are inadequate that you are unlovable that you are unacceptable then I want to say to you that that need not be your self-perception or your spirit. That something has gone off the tracks in your heart, in your mind, and in your soul. And you need to get on your knees. And you need to pray for Jesus to come fresh into your lives and renew your heart and your soul. Beating up on another person or beating up on yourself does not fix it. It won't heal you. 
and it won't heal the other relationship with that person. So be confessional, be honest, be courageous in front of your God about yourself, be vulnerable to God, and discover the balm of God's loving grace that's available even unto you for your healing, for your getting right with yourself and getting right with others. And now truthfully, I've got to say, if you don't want this, then stop pretending that you're a disciple of Christ. Because you are wearying Christ's heart by turning against God's love for you and through you for others. Yet if you do indeed inspire to be a Christian, to be a follower of the love of God made real triumphantly in this world, then stop pretending that this doesn't matter. Because it does. Get yourself straight with God so you can get straight with yourself and straight with one another. This is the narrow gate that Scripture talks about that is the real way to life abundant. God's mercy is overflowing. Yet you need to open the door to your life to let it flow in and overwhelm you. Open the door of your heart and of your soul and receive it. Let it wash over you. Let it cleanse you. Marinate in it and let it empower you to be who God would have you be towards yourself and how God would have you be towards others. When you strengthen your ability to be kind, gee, how simple that sounds, doesn't it? When you strengthen your ability to be kind to yourself and to others. You go a long way to protecting yourself from the vice of envy. Think about it. Think about it. It's a clear pathway to a course for a better life. There is no normal more important at this moment for all of us than to find the capacity to be kind through the willingness to care for one another and uplift one another's better self. My prayer for us all. Amen. I think I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. If I get the quote correct, 
Walt owes me something, I'm not quite sure what, but if we possess Christ, we possess it all. Those words really touched my heart when we remember that Christ is there for us, that Christ is our number one, and when we own and recognize our relationship with God, we possess it all. And as people who are thankful for what we possess with God's love and what God has done for us through God's sacrifice, we live in the world as different, changed, and unique people. And for that, we give thanks and praise. So we have a time in our worship where we get to prayerfully consider how we're going to respond and how we're going to say thank you. If you are here worshiping with us today, we have an offering plate available for you over by the entrance, and we'd encourage you to make your offering there. It's also a good time to uh, go pick up your communion if you did not do that on your way in. And if you're worshiping with us at home, consider going onto our website and donating at the website or writing your check and getting the, stamp in the, em- the stamped envelope ready so that you can place it in the mail tomorrow. Your gifts help us to continue to spread that act of kindness to a world that so needs it. Let us prayerfully receive this gift of music. As we prepare to receive the gift of communion, I invite you to join me in prayer. The Lord be with you. 
let us lift up our hearts and give thanks to God because it is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. And so, with your people on earth and the company of heaven, we praise your name and join the unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy God, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed, Blessed is, is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery, the sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink and eat it in remembrance of me and so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here on those gathered across the internet and on the gifts of bread and cup Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all of the world. Until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. We invite you to partake in Holy Communion. We're so glad that you have joined with us for worship today. Bless you. May you be blessed by this experience. May we go forward this week in God's spirit, allowing the spirit to inform our thoughts. Let it shape the way you see and perceive one another and what is going on in your life, in your community. May God's Spirit inform your thoughts. May God's Spirit 
motivate and shape your words. May it be that you speak with the Spirit of God on your tongue as you interact with one another and with those in your lives. And indeed, may the Spirit shape how it is that you regard and behave towards one another. This is what being Christian is all about. In thought, word, and deed, bringing forward once again and again and again each moment of our lives the resurrected Spirit of Christ. Be about that good, holy work this week, knowing that it is God's desire for you. If you are present with us on campus, I want to remind you again to let those who are closest to the exits uh, get there before you and uh, uh, find your way out of keeping your, your six-foot distance. And there are uh, trash receptacles at various uh, parts of our campus for you to, to leave the uh, leftover uh, communion uh, cups and materials. So be safe, stay healthy, know that you are loved by a gracious God and by one another. Amen. Go in peace.